This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 519, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Podcast episode 519. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Sup? It's nice to see Ron survive the desert. I did. I survived. I survived. The, the come down wasn't too bad. Did you, did you um, dig yourself out on your own? Did you have some tools with you? Well, I had some help. Luckily, luckily, a, a, oh, I'm going to stop here. <laughs> the things I was about to say, I just stopped it. <laughs> I, I like how much your Ron makes better choices. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Every day I'm trying. I'm trying to be, this, I'm trying to be the shepherd. We are a fanboy, <laughs> and we like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks our favorite book. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books, talk about other stuff. This week's a little different because we're doing um, a whole big a bunch of voicemails to kick, uh, say goodbye to the voicemail line. Uh, but we'll be having fun regardless. 
No matter what we do, we're having fun. Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers, so you're out of luck if you don't like them. Ron? Yep. You had to pick, and it's not Superman. It's, it is not <laughs> Superman, despite the title. There's your, there's your script typo. Uh, pick of the week this week uh, surprised even me. It was uh, Captain Marvel number one, uh, written by Tara Butters and Michelle Fazekas, who apparently are the, uh, the the team, the showrunners behind the Agent Carter TV show. Yes. Um, with art by Chris Anka, uh, who we saw, um, who I saw most recently last year, at least do some great work on X Men of Bendis. Um, so yeah, so so Captain Marvel is curious because I. I like the character of Carol Danvers a lot, but mm-hmm. I never, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, not because it was bad, but I didn't buy into Kelly Sue DeConnick's run and then the then the comics that came out after Kelly Sue left the book. Um, not because they were bad or anything, just because you know you can only read so many books, and and I just didn't, I didn't get on board, and you know, but I you know heard great things about it. Um, really built up the whole Carol Corp, and you know I saw it at cons. The you know the the fans love you know love the character, love the costume, the McKellen. By the way, I just I just want to applaud the reintroduction of the word corpse, corpse uh, into our show. It's been a while, and I really appreciated that. There you go. So uh, yep, the Carol Corpse. Um, just so before we get your emails, and your tweets, and your message, he knows he's pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> He's aware. We're all aware. Everyone's don't, aware of it. Don't feed him it. Don't feed into him. Don't do it. Don't the more attention him. you give him, the more he does it. <laughs> Trust me, he's been writing a lot wrong for 20 years now. For, for one reason and one reason alone. Me. Every time he makes that typo, it's like it's looking at me and he's sticking it. It's not it's not even a typo anymore. It's just I meditated. Anyway. Typo. But so, um, so yeah. But so that said, uh, with the all new, all different Marvel that's been rolling out since October, you know, I've been trying to try as many new books as I can, take risks. You know, part of it also in 2016 is that I really want to, you know, be more positive with comics. We want to, you know, like we, you know, I recognize that we've been critical of things uh, of recent, and it's very easy to complain about these things. But it's also we got to remember that they're fun. And that they're meant to have a good time. So I'm like, all right, I'll give Captain Marvel a try. I have no idea what to expect. And boy, was this not what I ever guessed what it would be. Um, well, it, it, it's, I mean, there's a little bit of the hint of that in the um, in the Ultimates books that we're enjoying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and actually, that's going to relate to a realization I had, which I'll talk later, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But um, you know, but initially, in in you know, in a nutshell, what this book is is this you know kind of first issue launching the fact that Carol has accepted a position where she is now going to uh, be the director of uh, this uh, satellite that is outside of Earth. Uh, it's the and this is this is really really why I picked it is because as in as much as this is a Captain Marvel book, it's really a stealth Alpha Flight book. It totally, is a stealth which alpha I don't understand why it's crazy. <laughs> And I don't give a crap. Um, it's, all, it's also it's also a uh, a Marvel bureaucracy administration yes. book, which we are all suckers for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Love a good a good good uh, administration. Good staff yeah. meeting. Yep. Good staff oh, meeting. Good yeah. staff meeting. This big table. Exactly. You know what? We're gonna have the table is. Why don't you take care of it? <laughs> Who's taking notes? What are the action items? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so they've they've established what is called the Alpha Flight Space Station. Uh, and it is meant to be the first line of defense against uh, against uh, you know protecting Earth, similar to if you remember Sword, similar concept. Um, in fact, Abigail Brand, the green-haired woman who was in charge of Sword um, all those years ago, is is the second in command here on the Alpha Flight Space Station, as well as uh, we've got Puck, we've got <laughs> we've got Sasquatch, we've got Aurora, members of Alpha Flight. No explanation as to why the Canadian superhero team is staffed on this satellite, but guess why what? Why they've been exiled to space? Exactly. I you there's an explanation, and none of us read it. Maybe, maybe. I also, th- I also think that perhaps there's not an explanation. And I'm totally cool with that. As am I. But, but, but I just want to go. We're not pointing that out as a weakness. Is that when you read this book, having not read anything before, it just is, and I, and we're all cool with that. I yeah, think. and like, and that's the thing is like, not only is it just is. But there's a there's a degree of wackiness that just is as well, and it's and it, it's Puck, right? It, it, well, no, hey, no, d- yeah, wanna, hey, just yeah. in just in general, like between the concept, between Alpha Flight, between at one point Rocket Raccoon is there because he's stealing supplies. Like they just like this is kind of the what I'm realizing about the all new and all different Marvel is that. They just give no fucks about anything, <laughs> right? Like, like, and and this is and this is really kind of I think this is important because it sums up a lot of I think what we've been struggling with in terms of our complaints about Marvel and DC and 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 some of the changes that have happened is that we 
we were raised with a certain type of comics. And that certain type of comics was, you know, I remember reading early issues of Nova and, you know, young Richard Ryder's on the street and in one panel, Thor flies by and he goes, oh, hey, there's Thor. I wonder where he's going. And there's an editor note going, read Avengers to see where Thor is going. And that day is over. Long, long over. And it's been slowly, and I understand, it's been slowly evolving away from that. But I feel like with this new reboot, Marvel's just like, yeah, Captain Marvel, she's in the Ultimates, she's in Avengers, she's also in this. She's she's running an office in this. Who gives a shit? Guardians of the Galaxy, they, they're off in space. Peter Quill, they're doing stuff in, in their book. But oh, but Rocket's over here loading up the ship. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and I kind of am embracing it. I kind of am enjoying it. Yeah, well, you have no a choice. big change for you, yeah. Yeah, it's a big choice. But the thing is, is that like, you know, this book, you know, I think Chris Chris Anka is 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 great, is a really good talent, is yes, a, yes. a really good style. Um uh, Butters and Fazakis, you know, clearly know how to write a good story, and you know, and and the idea of this space station protecting Earth with the members of Alpha Flight flying spaceships along with Captain Marvel, I'm I'm in. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I yeah. think we should mention. I think I was really impressed by Butters and Fazakis's writing because yeah. we we knew they were good writers. The Agent Carter is a good show, but as we've said many many times in the past, usually when people from TV come over to write comics, they overwrite and there's too many yep. words and. Not, I didn't find that the case here at all. I thought, no, they, I I thought they, handled, they, they handled comic. the medium really well. Yeah. I thought they were just comic writers I hadn't heard of. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I dug it. And also, like, um, I've been reading Spider-Woman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Carol's a relatively major character in that. Sure. And so this is consistent with that. She's, she's everywhere. She's yeah, everywhere. no, but I'm, I'm saying, like, felt like the same character. Felt, like, yeah. Yeah. consistent. So there is some of that, I suppose. I yeah. find it interesting that the base is called the Alpha Flight base, yet no one in Alpha Flight's in charge of the base. Nope. Right. No Canadianism about it either. No, no, no flag, no maple leaf, no mention of it. No, I like, figured they'd all be drinking maple syrup all the time yeah. and playing hockey. Yeah, no, nothing. But nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing. You know, and Lord A knows. Bats, bottles everywhere. Santa boot. <laughs> Tim Horton's boxes just piled yeah. up in the corner. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like. Waiting th- in line for health care. <laughs> <laughs> And and the th- the thing about it is like like so so the, the beer cans every door you open is protesting Stephen Harper, <laughs> wondering about this Trudeau guy. <laughs> but the, the the thing about it is that the, you know the issue starts with the with the usual kind of you know conflict, you know in the middle of the conflict and then rewind to see how we got there right. And what I like is that you know like Captain Marvel's there, she's out there in space and there's an asteroid coming and you've got Puck and Aurora in little spaceships and you've got Sasquatch in a space like. Does Sasquatch need to be in a spaceship because he's Sasquatch? Like, it just makes no sense, and I'm okay with that. I love it. Um, a lot so, easier on Canadians this time around. Yeah, a lot easier. Well, yeah. <laughs> a lot of letters last time. They're mostly <laughs> apologies, but... <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It, it, uh, I, I thought this was super fun, and I wasn't originally going to read it because um, I haven't been following Captain Marvel for a while, but I did. I have been enjoying her in the Ultimates books, which we talked about and made pick, one of them was Pick of the Week a little while ago, yeah. and... And then Ron picked it, so I figured, okay, well, I should, I should read it, and I really liked it. Right. I thought that I love the Anka art. Yep. I love the style. It was, it was sort of, it's sort of in the middle of the cartoony style that we like, and also the more realistic style that, it's, it's sort of this nice middle ground, and uh, the she's a compelling character. I like her voice. I like the position of her being a, a high energy, high action person who now has to be a bureaucrat. Yep. And struggling with that. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting things they set up here. Yeah, it's it's got a lot going for it, and it's also got a it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like the yes. tone, the tone, is, the tone is light and fun, and it, and and like it's it, it just it. I was very impressed by that it didn't weigh itself down in the mission or in the job or in explaining things or anything like that. You just got thrown in and went with it. And each little note, whether it was the space battle or the bureaucracy aspect or puck in the shower or whatever, it just felt right. It flowed. Like, actually, when the issue ended, I was like, oh, it's over? No, I want more. You know, like, so, which is always a great feeling. So, uh, so good job. And good job uh, on the whole Captain Marvel team, Anka and Butters and Fazakis and Matt Wilson on colors, which is always great. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep reading it because I think that I think that this is the right amount of lighthearted, little science fiction-y, little superhero-y kind of fun that I'm looking for in my comics. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. So now we mentioned at the top of the show that we are doing a slightly modified version of it. If you're a first-time listener, this isn't the normal format. So we're going to do uh, some books, not as many books as we normally do. We're not going to talk about them for as long because we want to get as many of your voicemails in 
uh, in this episode as we can before we shut the voicemail line down. So our first book after the pick is Batman 48, which is from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. The, they've been going 48 issues. Have they done all 48 issues? Is Capullo? I think there was, a, there was a fill-in somewhere. There was one the fill-in. Wasn't there like a Raphael Albuquerque maybe? Or no, or was it Scalera? There was one where Brian Azzarello co-wrote it. I don't, yeah. remember Capullo, I don't think Capullo drew it. Anyway, the point is... It's still an, quite an accomplishment to be the, I think, the only team left from the, from the, the reboot that are still together. That's really impressive. It's really but uh, even more impressive is that we finally, finally see the light at the end of the tunnel in that Bruce Wayne has decided to come back as Batman. And what I liked best about this issue was the discussion between not Batman and not Joker on the bench, which was really a discussion about do you do what's best for yourself to make yourself happy or do you do what's best for for society as a, as a, as a whole. Um, because the Joker was making the argument that they shouldn't go back to their old lives because they were, neither one of them was happy. And which was an interesting argument for the Joker to take. Um, and you can see Bruce struggling with it. He, he, he likes his life. He likes, you know, being a guy with a beard who dates Julie Madison and doesn't have to worry about fighting crime. And even though none, none of this, I should say is said, this is all implied in subtext. Um, but he, but he realizes he, he cannot stay in that life, and I liked all of that uh, subtle discussion between the two of them. Yeah, that, the conversation between Bruce and the Joker, and like the nuance and understanding, and trying to understand if either of them knew what they were talking about, right, was really interesting, really deep. Just to, just on a quick aside, Connor, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you had issue forty four had art by Jock. That's right. Issue thirty four had art by Matteo Scalera. Issue twenty eight had art by Dustin Nguyen. Um, so you, a couple of fill-ins here and there, but for the most part, the majority of this run. It's like one every uh, ten issues. Yeah, That's just a heck about of a run. Yeah. yeah, no, it's totally fair. Totally and, fair. And no point where we ever like, boy, Capullo's really losing it here. No, yeah. no, no, he's completely so. consistent the whole way through. I, <clears throat> I will say that just watching, just hanging out with Bruce for a little while, I was like, oh, this feels good. And they went back to Gordon, and I thought, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think it was a bad idea, but it just, uh, it wasn't as compelling for whatever reason, which is just sort of a. Gut reaction, I think. Yeah, uh, it wasn't as compelling, and also it was coming on the heels of every character we like being taken off out of their costume. So it was sort of the point. compounding, you know, power depowered Superman, old man Captain America, yeah. you know, unrecognizable Hawkeye. So it was just sort of all of our characters were taken away. So because yeah. um, we like nice. Gordon, we I'm like I'm a, I know you're a huge Gordon. I've been I love, a big Gordon as a character. Fan. I love him. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just didn't love him here in this particular thing. But uh, now, you know, the issue ends with Bruce returning quite dramatically to the manor to say, take me to the cave. To, to You notice that Alfred only has one hand. Listen, I'm trying to get past it. <laughs> they even kind of hit it the way they drew it, too. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, this is the this is the mental breakdown of Alfred on that panel. Yeah. It's like poor Alfred has got his hand, his hand over his ears and stump, his stump, stump over his other ear and he's crying. And it's like, oh, poor Alfred. <laughs> Maybe so. in the cave there's some sort of contraption he can put over the stump to Maybe. mimic a hand. Yeah. They got a guy. It's hard to come back from losing the hand. I don't, I'm, I'm curious to see Plus, how they when, do when, it. When, you can do it. Yeah. Bruce is on a team with a character called Cyborg. Right. You think that they can who, find a solution. Who, 70, 70% of his body is robot. Yeah. I feel like he can get him a hand. Or they could just reboot the whole line and give him a hand back. That's true. They could yeah, do that. Because, so. hey, because anything goes. So <laughs> So I, I just thought this was great. I loved the, I loved the sequence with the Joker and, and yeah. Batman. Uh, and, and there are civilian roles. I love that they, in fact, are not going to give the Joker an origin. Scott Snyder said in an interview he would never do that because it's, it would be it would be too hard to find a story that would cause this character to be real. Yeah, uh, I just think it's great. That's that brilliant. Yep. That's that's only if they, if only they'd had that sort of uh, sort of uh, idea with Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, good point. So, so I I love this. This was great. Good. Uh, moving on, just wanted to highlight and give a nod, a tip of the hat to Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey and Matt Wilson for completing Phonogram, the Immaterial Girl number six, the last issue of this miniseries and the last issue of Phonogram, uh, 2006, 2016, 10 years, three miniseries. Uh, well done, gentlemen. They, Were you sad to read it? Uh, no, I wasn't sad. It felt satisfying. I mean, we got a, we got a, a, a satisfying end to the story, to these characters, um, you know, and it just, and I think that, you know, seeing this book as the arc of Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey's comic careers beginning, maturing, and then reaching the point where they are now is just really fascinating. They should be really, really proud. And, and as a fan, I'm, I'm psyched for them and, and just happy to have read it and now looking forward to, to more new things. So, Josh, did you uh, finish it too? I did. And uh, it, it occurs to me, and sort of there's a weird parallelism there, 
uh, of sort of how long that we've been involved in in comics in this other way, and sort oh, of when even, their stuff started. I didn't, started. I didn't even think about that. Wow, it's yeah. very closely related. So yeah. like. Those are a couple of guys that we met when they were nobody. Yep. You know, in a way, I, I don't mean that in a bad like like bef- before they, they were just up. starting. When they were starting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we've known them and their work all through this time, uh, and and to have this sort of close out. And I don't ever feel particularly close to this book or these characters because I don't know what's going on most of the time. Yeah. Um, but I was weird that they named the story after a Pink Floyd song. Um, but I, I felt a little a little something. Yeah. Especially during the the sort of uh, epilogue section, of, you know, that of Karen writing, like when he sort of ended it, I was like, oh, yeah. I felt something there, like a like a like a tangible feeling. You so felt like uh, a human emotion. Y- yeah, I tried it. You were like, yeah. what is what is this feeling? What is this, <laughs> what, is this, what is this tingling? I did like my favorite page was after the. Um, the conversation between Emily and David, uh, the 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 eight panels, the two by two panels, a couple right. of pages. Uh, when Emily goes outside and David in the rain, and David sticks his head out and yells, "That was very melodramatic," <laughs> which is very Kieran. It was just <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, yeah. I I like that. That was yeah. and and ja- and and Jamie did a great job of accurately drawing. Like the, the, those are real places in in London, and and like and a real representation of of locations, and and you know it's this fantastic magic story. Story that that has always existed in our world, and they've always done very true to that. So uh, yeah, it's neat. So I'm so happy that someone else put Silver Surfer on the script, so that I could not no longer be alone talking to the microphone about how much I enjoy Silver Surfer. So this is the reboot or the restarting of Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer number one from Dan Slott, Mike Allred, and Laura Allred, who were the team from the previous run. Yeah, and and I I gave it a shot because I know that you enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's hard, it's hard it's hard for me not to enjoy something Mike Allred draws. So like I right. knew that, you know. Um, uh, this this felt it seemed wacky and and but like what I was worried with Slot uh, writing this was that it would be he'd go over the top on the wacky mm-hmm. side. Now I want to go back and read the first volume of this to see what it was. Um, you know, but like th- this was neat. This was uh, this was just a kind of fun. Well, uh, it's yeah. it's very much a Silver Age comic. Yes, in, yeah. in the modern age, that's what I was thinking as I was reading it. You know, it's the so the so so Don Greenwood, his his human companion and love interest in Silver Surfer, returned back home finally after being gone for the entire last arc or the last series, and only to immediately have to go back into space because a bunch of aliens steal all of Earth's um, inspiration and imagination. So all the paintings. You know, turn it to liquid and go up into the sky, and all the the stories come out of books, and it's a totally a silver age concept. That's that kind of wacky yep. and a science cosmic thing would never have fly for most books these days. And and then they all the aliens sort of take those stories and ideas and, and make them manifest for themselves. So like you've got Tron alien and Harry Potter alien and well yeah they they they, they throw they they turn all the aliens turn themselves into every protagonist from Earth's history ever right. Um, you know, and that was fun. It was just you know, kind of like you know, like somebody from Figuring Star Trek, it out. Yeah. somebody from the Warriors, somebody from you know Marty McFly's in there. You know, oh, like, RoboCop, yeah, uh, Willy the, Wonka, the Fifth Element. You know, <laughs> yeah. so um, and that was fun. It's just it's just, it's just Zorro. It's just totally yeah. like Robin Hood, Ghostbusters. It's just, <laughs> it's just total Sherlock Holmes. It's a totally just a fun, crazy science adventure, which it works. Uh, I have to admit, a lot of it is because Mike Allred's art makes yes. it work. Yeah, it does. Uh, you yeah. buy into this crazy, wacky concept, and you don't think it's too crazy and over the top because his throwback style seems very appropriate for the story being told. Yep. I don't, I don't think a different artist in this book I would like it as much. And that doesn't not to say I'm, I'm discounting the story. I'm just saying magic sauce. The type of story being told it works because the artwork makes it work. Right. Yeah. It's 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 and that's why I thought it was interesting on in the in the credits. It says you know Dan Slott, Mike Allred, storytellers. Like they truly, I, I get the sense that they truly are yeah. working hand in hand. And and this is you know that's what you hope for when you're working in comics is, is that when the writer and artist you know kind of merge together and create a product you know jointly um, that just sings. And and this was a lot of fun. I'm going to go back and read the first volume. When, when I, I think you don't really enjoy, it. and it's, yeah. it's a. Just gorgeous. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. all right. He's great. So. Yeah. Great cover. Uh, I I don't remember if I said I was going to keep reading Lucifer or not last time, but I did. I think you did because you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. I like the second issue better than the first. It was pretty good. I was worried um, that they were going to try to uh, – talking about Lucifer number two uh, from Vertigo uh, by Holly Black and Lee Garbett. And I was worried that they were going to try to do the episodic TV thing where every issue is one and done, um, which I don't 
I don't want because the, the reason I liked the first Lucifer is because it was you know sixty issues of one big story, um, and they they you know like it feel it feels right it feels good I like uh, I like the art a, a heck of a lot. Um, they have the right sort of tone with Lucifer. He's he's going around, he's going around hell, and Gabriel's with him. He doesn't want to be, and he keeps getting the shit beat out of him. Like he had all his skin flayed off and burned at one point, but he's still got to sort of go along with Lucifer. Um, it's it's you know like a adversarial buddy <laughs> almost sort of thing. Uh, and then he goes to visit uh, Mazikeen, his sort of ex assistant slash girlfriend, who's now the queen of hell. Eh, it was fun. It was good. Are you gonna watch the TV show? Nope. It's wow. getting awful reviews. Yeah. I I didn't have to look that up to know I'm that. I'm not even going to sample it. I mean, the fact is, gonna... even if I wanted to watch the TV show, I'm guessing before I got to it, it would be gone. I mean, like awful that, I, I saw the ad and I just thought, oh, that's going to last. I mean, yeah. I, if they, they make it all the way through the pilot airing, it'd be amazing. Yeah. I don't know if they've already aired it or not. I don't, I don't know. I haven't they haven't. They haven't. They haven't. All right. Well, I was hoping that we'd get a, uh, a podcast of Josh trashing it, but I guess, I guess it doesn't even get that. I don't want to do that. That's no. Let's <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, well, then I don't remember the original story at all. So it's not like re- I... let's remember the first GI Joe movie podcast. <laughs> well, it was a different time. It's a different person. Yeah, it's true. Different... It, was, it, was, it was a horrible movie. <laughs> Why did Snake Eyes have lips? I don't oh. even remember. That's the, I don't remember bad things about movies anymore. I don't. I don't oh. hold on. Yeah, he had a face. That's the, yeah, he had a, yeah, he had lips. Anyway, huh. um, did you guys read Devolution number one? No. 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 Okay, so Devolution, uh, this is uh, from Dynamite. This is announced a couple of years ago. It's, ri- it's uh, written by Rick Remender. It was supposed to have art by Paul Renault. And my only guess is that in the time from when the announcement happened to when you know the book finally happened that Renault was busy or couldn't do it. So now the art was by Jonathan Wayshack. Um, and uh, this, is a, this is one of those high, crazy kind of concepts uh, that Remender is so good at, uh, which is basically it's a world where hu- humanity has devolved um, in you know, it, it back into a primordial space. So like you know, we, we get introduced to the character in Vegas, and Vegas is all overgrown and all that sort of stuff. And there's you know, and there's dinosaurs and cavemen and all that sort of stuff. Um, and this first issue had a lot of setup. It had a lot of um, <clears throat> a lot of you know, explaining the world that you know, and 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 a little bit of that remender. Uh, uh, social commentary, you know, about how we, you know, yeah, exactly, about how the, the devolution of the species started before the event that actually devolved the species happened. <laughs> and so, and talk idiocracy, about, basically. Yeah, talk, yeah, talk about us getting fat and obese and, and, and lazy and all that and, and tied into our devices. A little, there was a little bit of that, a little bit. But, um, uh, but what I was most interested in is that uh, Jonathan Wayshack's art went way more EC. Style than I thought Ooh. it would. Yeah, right. Like so that's how you sell me on a thing. I was yeah, like, oh, exactly. Cool. And 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 there's a real couple of I don't want, and I know we say we gave a spoiler warning, but there's a couple of turns and a couple of panels that I did not see coming, and I was like, oh wow, I did not expect it from this. I thought it was going to be way more, you know, kind of more similar to Strange Girl in that you know it's a world that the the, the Earth is is in ruins, and now we've got a, a female protagonist who's gonna who's gonna try to accomplish something. But there was a couple. Of, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" So, um, and then finally, with the end, there's a big kind of. I, I did not see, uh, you know, the, the 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 location moves from the devolved Earth to astronauts on the moon. And I was <laughs> just like, "Oh, okay." And so, um, I'm curious to see where this goes. I'm very. Uh, I know. I know this is something that Rick was really excited about and took a while to come out. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's, I would, Josh, I would say go take a look at it just from the art yeah. standpoint because uh, Wayshack is dropping a little little bit of the EC vibe, which we uh, know Remender loves. So he yeah. was awesome on Welcome Back, Cotter too. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed, by the way, that uh, we left off. I had put Tokyo Ghost number five on my list, and, and I don't even have a lot for it. But also Remender, I just wanted to. I, I this is becoming my favorite of his series. Yeah. I've liked each issue more than the one before it, and I think uh, that this sort of end of the first arc. Uh, number five was super compelling and, and a lot of bold sort of moves going on there. Um, I really, really liked that series a lot, and I didn't expect to. It was, I think the first wish issue was pick of the week. Yeah, yes, it was good. And I didn't really love that issue, but like since then, I've, I've enjoyed each one even a little more. Anyway, um, if I did have to do a pick of the week this week, I think I probably would have gone with Uncanny uh, Inhumans number four. It definitely went up there for me, too. It was, well, it was really good, wasn't it? It was really good, and it was perfect Kang. It was Peak Kang. You see, I'm not reading this because I, I'm, I'm anti-Inhumans, but like I saw Kang and I saw that panel it's, you posted on the Oh man, I like Kang. At one point, at one point, the uh, is it Ahura? Yes, yes, it was uh, Lieutenant Ahura. 
It sounds weird to say it out loud. No, the it's in the hurrah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, out loud, it's in hurrah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he just says, they basically Kang warns against messing with timelines or telling people the future, and and he turns and Uhura turns around and is like, but you do it all the time, and he goes, yes, for I am Kang. <laughs> it is the best Kang line I have read in a decade. It was like, do you remember? I remember reading Young Avengers for the first time and being like, this is okay. And then Kang showed up and I was like, all right, let's do this. K- Kang, yeah. just, oh, Kang just, Kang makes everything better. Remember Avengers Forever? Kang yes. makes everything better. And you can, you can totally, you don't, you don't need to reinvent Kang. Nope. You don't need to make a new Kang for a new era. You just need to do regular Kang. And it works. It does. It works. And there was, there was, there was a big war in this with time. It was, it was the Inhumans. It wasn't, it wasn't the Inhumans who were supposed to be stands for the X- X-Men. Yeah, and it was. I, that's King. why I good. don't like the other Inhumans book. Yeah. This is the one I like. This is the good, good one. I, I dropped the other book. This is a good, good McNiven. Really good. Good McNiven. Kang. I, I I felt myself wondering why. I, I know why, but why we haven't seen Kang in a movie or television? I mean, he is <laughs> a great big time villain. Yeah. yeah. Despite it's his a, ridiculous outfit. Yeah, it's a. T- I think I think some of that puts. To, it's a tough sell. I, I sometimes wonder if the legacy on it makes us like him more. Uh, yeah, and, and my, fe- my fear is if you try to translate him into the movies, he ends up looking like Oscar Isaac's looking in the new X-Men movie, which honestly yes. is, has me worried, you know? So, um, not for Isaac, Oscar Isaac, of course. He's wonderful and can do it. Can't do anything no, wrong. Can't do anything wrong. But he, so. Shut your whore mouth, Ron. <laughs> great issue. Great issue. Yeah. Really great issue, yeah. Cool. Uh, so Star Wars Corner, a quick little, we're going to wrap up with Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars 15 is the in-between issue, in-between arcs. And this is another page from the adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi on, uh, on Tatooine watching over Luke, um, with art by Mike Mayhew. Um, and I know there are a lot, a lot, a lot of Mike Mayhew fans out there. Um, I am not one of them. Uh, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's just a little too painterly painterly photorealistic for me um for my tastes um but it seems i, I to be the style they want for these books right yeah exactly yeah but i but i i see the craft and what he's doing and i see how good it can be um it just doesn't it doesn't sing for me but uh uh this this issue gets a little highlight because it features a a face-to-face shouting match between owen and obi-wan and you you get you get some more background as to why owen hates uh, obi-wan so i i i i just can't get enough of this Right. I don't know when I turned on it. <laughs> yes. Pretty quickly. Welcome. Yeah, it, was, it was around Vader down, I think. Vader down. Vader down. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't mind Mike Mayhew on it. I liked it because as a sort of side quest kind of thing, uh, you know, like a, a, a different alternate, not alternate, but they changed timelines basically. Like it was, it just told us it was something different. It was, it felt like I was reading an old Star Wars comic actually because of his style. It just, I was like, oh, they, they made this in 1985. And and I'm reading it now or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I, I like I like the untold story of, of Obi Wan Kenobi and what he's been doing there. There was some stuff that I was like, oh, they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna put that down in ink, I guess. Yeah. So uh, that's fun. We, yep. we got Luke in the T16 Skyhopper. We got you know like it, it hit a lot buck-tooth, of notes. Bucktooth Wormy. Yep, Bucktooth Wormy. How old like, is How old is Luke at this point? He's got to be around Jake Lloyd's age in Phantom Menace. I want to say slightly older. Maybe a little older, like 10 or so. Eight ten or, ten or, I'd put him somewhere yeah. between 8 and 11 here. It's hard to yeah. tell. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got echoes of Phantom Menace in this. I will, I will tell you, they really filled out some Owen Lars character work that I don't think that we'd been given before. They really did. They really, like, really did. Like, totally what his motivation is for everything. And I was like, yeah. all right, I buy all that. Yep. Yeah. So. Good stuff. I could have got, got it for a little more Baru. That's just that's just me though. I do love the blue. Is there any blue milk? Uh, there might have been blue milk. I don't know. I don't know if we got a dining scene. Like I don't notice it anymore. Yeah, it just it just is. It just is. Yeah. Of course. So. Probably, but you know. I'm so glad, Josh, that you're on board. I'm so glad. I'm on board. Because it's fun. It's just silly, it's, fun, it's fun. You know. Yeah. I think at first you're like, "Well, what is this? Is this okay? I don't know if I'm comfortable with this." And then yeah. you kind of go, "What do I care?" By the way, by, by the way, I understand that they're about ten or ten, ten or so years old, but you could have given Biggs a mustache. <laughs> or like I, the wispies. I think that would have been okay. That would have been allowed. Yeah. So I knew who it was, even though. But I'm, we're special. So yeah, yeah, no. that's fine. Um, Did you just call yourself special. We are <laughs> maybe. We are, yeah, I mean, in terms of people who are going to notice things like that, and, and on the spectrum, we are not even close. <laughs> Uh, to that kind of Star Wars special, but compared to the general populace, wormy, yeah, wormy. We can like we can throw around terms like wormy and just assume everyone knows what we're talking about. Right. That wasn't in a movie or anything. 
I don't even know how I know that. <laughs> I think it was in the what was it in? Was it in the was it the cutscene novelization or was it in the cutscene? I didn't read the novelization. I think I, I, think, I think it was in that cutscene. Yeah, it might have been. The I girl. started reading. Oh, with uh, yeah, Cammy, right? And uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't, yeah, Cammy I started and reading the novelization, and I was like, "This is terrible. I don't, yeah. I don't want to read this." Um, that will do for the comics for the week, unless anyone has anything to add. Um, I'm, I'm treating this like it's the Goodfellas Minute. Uh, in the meantime, uh, <laughs> if you like what you're listening to and you'd like to take part, support, contribute, or however you can, you can go to ifanboy.com slash support. Uh, there you will find a link to our Amazon uh, affiliate uh, page, and that will take you through to Amazon. And uh, from there, you can uh, buy whatever it is you were going to buy there anyway, but they give us some of what you spend there. And so it is, uh, it's completely innocuous. You don't, even, you don't even know what's happening. Just lay back. Enjoy the ride, and, and we'll, take, we'll take a little piece of it. You don't need to worry about it. If you want to be a little more direct about things, a little more upfront, you can uh, become an iFanboy member, which is uh, you can sign up to contribute $3 a month or $30 a year or, of course, any amount that you so deem us worth. Uh, if you like what we do and you, you want to you give us a, a little a tip, a little, like, thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. Here's a little cash. Um, you guys are the ones. Yeah. You guys are the ones who uh, help support the show, uh, and it really uh, makes it makes a lot of difference. So thank you very much for that, and uh, let's move on to the final voicemails. So, yeah, so as Connor mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we are bidding, bidding adieu to our voicemail line. After 10 years, uh, the trusty 1NA fanboy's uh, phone number is being retired, and uh, we wanted to go out with a bang. Uh, so we asked you to send in your best voicemails and keep them brief. Uh, and so, you guys ready? Just want to dive right into this? Do we, before we, do we know if 1-800-FANBOYS is still active? Oh, I don't know. I haven't tried that. It was a different sort of service, as I a, remember. It was a different sort of service. Yeah, maybe we'll try that and we'll, later on and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. To, to kick us off, our first voicemail comes from uh, Jared. Hey, my name is Jared. I'm from Northern California. I've been listening about five or something years. Big fan. And I wanted to call for your last voicemail show because I think I know what was in the closet um, in back in Avengers. I've been thinking about this for a few years. Like, and back in Avengers, Hawkeye, after he hooks up with Charlotte Wish, is going to open a door, but then gets freaked out and doesn't open the door and then leaves. And we never find out what was in the door. I'm pretty sure on the other side of that door would have been Agatha, Charlotte Wish's weird mentor which would have showed that she had reset all reality and didn't know it and made herself powerless and, like, had her mom there as Agatha, uh, the weird mentor lady. So Agatha the witch was in the closet. Was my guess? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Ah, the closet. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just, it's props to Jared, though, for, yep. for, for bringing up something that was like, that's hardcore. Yeah, that's you hardcore. Didn't say you've, you didn't need to say you've been listening for five or six years, because we know. Yeah, clearly. Because you're talking about that. So for the, those who haven't been listening for five or six years or so, uh, might not know, and might not know the story, but uh, so in New Avengers 26, I believe, which was uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev art, um, it was post-House of M, and what happened was, was that uh, it was a one-shot story where Hawkeye runs into Scarlet Witch post House of M. So you know they both did. The and when he was, came back, and it was the Hawkeye from House of M, I believe. And it was everyone thought Scarlet Witch was gone. They didn't know, you know, it was a mystery as to where Scarlet Witch was. And they had a lovely night on Wondagore Mountain. Uh, they, they were intimate. And at the end of the issue, Hawkeye opens a door. We assumed it's a closet. It might have just been a door. We don't know where the door led to, but he opens a door. I thought it was her little closet next to her bed. Yeah, yeah like her wardrobe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He opens this door and is startled in what he sees, and then the issue ends, and we never find out what was behind the door. Even never. Th- even though Bendis teased it at the time, saying it would be a, a big reveal and it's a, it's an important plot point, and it never got revisited. And every time, son of a bitch. And every time we had the opportunity to interview, talk to, interact with Bendis, I made sure to ask him what's in the closet. Yeah, I don't know if people necessarily know that, but for a good five years, <laughs> solid every, five every years. Every time we interviewed Bendis, like if we were on one of those press uh, press press conference calls, <laughs> yeah. no matter what the subject, if Bendis was on it, Ron would end it with a question about the the, the closet and like the way I'm, those those. And those I, the fairly certain he hates us. I was gonna say, I, I'm, I, he, he didn't, he no longer found it amusing. No, well, no, but, no, but here, no, but here's the thing is, and I can, I can, I can, I can attest this because I had, I actually had more 
more experiences with Bendis on this topic than you guys did because even after I started working at Image, every time I saw him, I asked him. And what happened was I really believe is that the arc of this joke went from really fun, went from funny to amusing to annoying to pissing him off back to funny. Because I really think that in the past year, I got it back to funny because we did laugh about it at the New York Comic Con. Uh, I was congratulating him about the Powers TV show. And I said, okay, well, you know, I'm an image. You're doing Powers TV. This is great. So what's in the closet? (laughs) (laughs) And he laughed and he goes, I will never tell you. He's like, on my deathbed, I will be be like, and tell Ron what was in the closet was, and then I will die. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't think any of this is funny. (laughs) So so good job to Bendis for being a good trooper i do admit i miss those press calls because it would be like a press call talking about spider-man about like ultimate spider-man or the ultimate sand or whatever and they'd give us two questions and they go back and they're like ron for my family any questions i go yes in new avengers number 26 <laughs> what was behind the closet and like it's great is that the guys from the other website probably had their pencils like hold on <laughs> every time too yeah. like, like even though they'd heard it five times wait well we want to know yeah, so so good job, Jared. Uh, and to this, uh, whether or not Agatha was in the closet, I don't know. I have no idea what's in the closet. Bendis claims it's like the his 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 modified answer about two years into the questioning was that it's like the Marcellus's briefcase yeah. in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you which, lying son of a bitch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that had a point in the story. The closet has no point to the story. Yep, exactly. And the thing is, is that I understand that it was. A, a, I think I believe it's a story point that he was going to take in a direction and never got to. That's fine. Just tell us what it was. So anyway, he doesn't like to do that though. Like specifically, he doesn't like to take those ideas and change what already exists yeah yeah he's made a habit of that so yeah. he's still i mean you son of a bitch yeah. um all right let's let's move, let's on. move on all right next voicemail next voicemail hi guys this is wes from newport minnesota and i was just wondering what did you get each other for christmas this year or in 2015 either way uh it's always good stuff to hear thanks bye I feel like Wes is asking me to tell you what I'm getting you for this year. I know, yeah, yeah. I don't know yet. It's, <laughs> it's early. It's January. I gotta start shopping now. Connor uh, doesn't take care of his Christmas shopping until at least June. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, so I normally for the last ten years we've been giving each other comic book stuff or comic book related stuff. There's been some variations here or there. We used to show the stuff on like our video show and everything, but. Yeah. This year, I went in the Goodfellas direction for, for both Ron and Josh because we've been doing the Goodfellas podcast. And we yeah. have all the comic books. Yeah. So uh, I got – actually, I got both of you the same, the same thing. So uh, what did I give you? Got us the Scorsese Family Cookbook. Yes. Which is awesome. And another book that I don't remember the title of is not in front of me. What was the title of the book? The, yeah, down, so. the Downfall of the Mafia, The Fall of the Mafia. Uh, it's, it, it's a book about uh, how the mafia lost control of the garbage industry. Yep. Which is uh, which is which is close to my heart because my family is in the garbage industry. So. Shh, said too much already. I know. <laughs> but uh, we, I went for the I went the mafia direction for both of you guys. If there was, was a mafia, nice. I would have gotten you mafia themed. And I think you, I, w- I would like to hear about when you both use the cookbook. I'm planning on actually this weekend. I was planning on dipping into. I it. I can't find a place that has ground veal. <laughs> So in case you weren't sure if I had taken it seriously at all. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm making that sauce. I just can't find ground veal anywhere. That's fantastic. Yeah. you got to get it shipped in special. Guess so. Yeah, I'm making that sauce. And so from Josh, I got a, was it a 1 16th or 1 one eighth size? Six. Or 1 6th size. Yeah, yeah, it was big. Uh, Batmobile from the 66 Batman show. Uh, so it's it's good. It's a good eight or so inches. And it's... Uh, <laughs> we try to be i'm sorry i'm sorry and you say it's a good eight or so (laughs) (laughs) so it's on it's displayed proudly in my office at work it's awesome and i don't remember what you were around oh you got me an album which is awesome i got you two i got you two really nice things i know listen this is on the spot you got me an album of uh, a record a vinyl record. Yes. That's why I said album. The Ronettes, I believe. Ronettes, to, yes. Tying oh. back to the Goodfellas Ooh. thing. So. And uh, the other thing was... The Adri- Adrian Tomine New York book. Right, right, yeah. right. The collection of Adrian Tomine's uh, art from the New Yorker, which is awesome. Yep, because you uh, like... His, his cartoons, his covers, his... Uh, he did some, some um, stories, even. He did some yeah. sequential stuff for them. Uh, yeah. Really, really nice. There's a couple of pages in there that are, that are just beautiful. 
Yep. Now I have an Adrian to mine book too. Is that the same book? No, I got you. I, I swear. Yeah, I what so. I did, what I what I did was I did thematic. I got you both yeah. a record, and I got you both an Adrian Tomine book. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just decided this was the year of Adrian Tomine. I so find- so Josh, uh, you got his you got his newest, um, right. yeah, his his latest uh, graphic novel, and a, and a uh, and a Dinosaur Junior uh, record album. Yep, uh, an early 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 album. Early one, early noisy, yeah. loud. Early, yeah, so, I was. Yeah. I was listening to Dinosaur Junior uh, playlist today, nice. and it was wonderful. Yeah, I, you what like an that. Odd, what an odd band. Yeah, so but you know, <laughs> no, and they, they, I feel like Dinosaur is a good band for you because they're from New England. Yeah, you oh, know, totally like, that. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of, there's you know like uh, there's a lot of the guitars Jay Mason's oh, yeah, yeah, used yeah, and yeah. Lou Barlow and all that stuff. I feel that's a good tie to you. Yeah, yep. and so then uh, and then Josh uh, Josh took a risk and uh, got me the uh, X Men Blackbird Lego set. Which I did not, I would never have thought of in a million years, and I'm looking forward to putting it together. And there's a great uh, Lego Cyclops in there. So. That's why I looked at. It. I was like, oh, that's uh. interesting. And I looked at the Cyclops, and I went, well, that's the right Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, it's the right Cyclops. So. With the yeah. hair out. Yeah. No, no, it's more classic sort of burn type Cyclops. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, Ron, which which recipe were you thinking of making? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I was gonna I was gonna flip, I was gonna sit down and flip through and look for something and go buy the ingredients and do it. I think a sauce. I want to do a sauce. I feel like you got to start with the, the sauce. It's like, it's like the first thing in there yeah, is your sauce because yeah, that's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> There's carrots in it. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, that's a good bolognese. That's strain why, them yeah. out. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, a bolognese, a, a good bolognese has, has carrots in it. So anyway. I'm learning all the time. I mean, yep. it's a good book. It's, I don't know. Did we say what it was? It's the Catherine Scorsese sort of cookbook, sort of her story. It's actually super interesting uh, to, to read. It's sort of about their family and about, you know, Italian food and stuff like that. There you go. Cool. That's what we got each other for Christmas. All right. Next up. Happy New Year, guys. It's Bionic Dave from West Hollywood, California, and I've been wondering, how successful have you been at turning non-comic book reading friends and relatives into regular comic book readers? I'm like 0 for 20. You know, we do this all the time on the show. (laughs) We're not necessarily going to be out there on the street proselytizing. Do you guys push to turn people into comic book readers? Is that a thing? No, no, I'm, I'm uh, the way what I do is I'm there was a time there was a time. Yes. Yeah. Years ago where it would be like, oh, you know, you can read a comic. Now, in my 20s. Yeah. In my 20s. Yeah, yeah. Now enough people know me and know that I'm a comic guy. And then and they say and, and they're like, oh, well, well, they ask for recommendations. And mm-hmm. typically what I do is I go, oh, well, what kind of TV shows do you like? You know, like I look for yeah. a genre and then I make a recommendation buzz there. But I'm not I'm not I'm not in the I'm not in the Jehovah's Witness business anymore. I'm not in the conversion business. No, anymore. definitely yeah. not. And yeah. I th- it's more of a laissez faire approach. Like if it's there. I have, you know, like I have my, uh, I've got a, my brother-in-law, like he started reading Preacher because I'd mentioned it to him a long time ago. And so like a year and a half later, he's like, I started reading this. This is great. And I was like, cool, I'm glad. Or, you know, if somebody's like, I love The Walking Dead. I'll be like, well, you could look at this stuff, but I don't push it. Like that's as far as it goes. Yeah. If people ask me, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. They, they know what I do. So if they ask me for it, I say, okay, well, here's some things you might like, but I never, ever, ever start that conversation. I'm like, you should read comics. No. Well, I don't really want. No, you need to do it, man. But if they ask, I will. I will always offer the benefits of the art form. I, I enjoy. I enjoy doing the recommendations game. Like when I hang out in the comic book shop and people come in and and you know and, and we start making recommendations. That's fun. But yeah, I just I'm 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 not pushing it on people though. So. Yeah. And that that's as Bionic Dave said. Usually the success rate's really low if you try yeah. to push it. Yeah. People who who aren't reading comics generally don't want to be reading them. Yeah. You know who doesn't give a shit about comics? My kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're like, well, do you, you're getting lots of comics to read? I'm like, no, they don't care. Yeah. So fine, you know? They're here if they want them. So, Although most of mine they should not read. So be it. Said, so said like the emperor. It. So be it. <laughs> for, I am, for I am Kang. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Jedi. <laughs> Jedi. What is the next one we are reading? <laughs> Jeez. From the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> All right, next voicemail. Hey guys, this is Mark Collins from Austin, Minnesota. Long time caller, never listened to the show before. I wanted to comment on Connor's big purge and the overall thought of collecting. I am currently going through and getting rid of most of my comics as well. And while looking through my collection is fun and nostalgic, there is also a tinge of regret over the not so good issues and runs. My new school of thought is quality in a collection over quantity and while it is a personal choice as to what type of collection you want, it's taken me 20 years to get there. 
But we all know repeatedly moving long boxes will quickly narrow down what's important. I'm going to miss the voicemail. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Well, you know, honestly, if people called in with voicemails like this more often, we wouldn't be here. And you wouldn't be missing it. <laughs> you could, you could theoretically still make a recording and email it to us. Yeah, you could. Yeah, there's no reason why you can't record audio and email it to us. We will gladly entertain that. So You all have, you all have like, computers. Yeah. I mean, exactly. clearly. Yeah. So I, I think this, I, I am of one mind with Mark, I think. It's part of the reason why I didn't get rid of everything. I kept the, the, the runs that were really important to me, you know, upper echelon stuff. Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight, absolutely. Alpha Flight. Um, but, you know, but looking through the box, I did see tons of shit I'm, I would never, ever, ever read again. Yeah. And I feel bad I spent money on it in the first place. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm kind of afraid of look, going through my long boxes and having to deal with that. That, like, ugh, why did I, the Flash Twins, why? <laughs> well, that I understand why. It was oh. just, a, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, there, there's definitely really, a, That's your biggest regret? That's the one that comes to mind. I mean, if how many it, copies of Darkhawk did you buy? Hey, I, I stand behind every comic, and I was, I was, <laughs> I was thirteen. I'm talking about, I'm talking about when I should have known yeah. better. You no, know? Justice League yeah. Extreme, yeah, in the yeah. '90s, you know, Extreme Justice League, like that kind of stuff. It's just like you're never gonna read that again. Yeah. I don't need to keep it. I don't need it. I just don't need it in my life. And Sandra I think that's a, son. that was worth it. That was worth every penny. There's a lot of mentality that just you know amass as much as possible, which I understand that mentality as well, but. You know, there's also the mentality of collect, have a collection that is actually of quality things that you like. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been in. I've def, my collection is definitely into the the quantity or volume category rather than the quality. Um, and I think that if I pare it down or if I do anything about that, I would definitely go in terms of the quality versus quantity. That's for sure. Yeah. So at one point, I went into all my long boxes, and I pulled out I don't know, like a like a. Like a one long box worth of stuff and maybe a short box full of like really cool stuff. And then everything else other than that, like I have no they're just down here surrounding me in the basement. You know, you gets cold and where you are, you should burn it for warmth. That would <laughs> that would get us through about eight minutes. <laughs> and then and then put that video online and just watch everyone lose their minds. Oh Jesus. Wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's You know see. what? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's actually. I mean, we're still getting comments about wrecking that one slabbed comic book in 2008. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we got a new comment this week. Comments. Uh, love yeah. it. Love it. Huh. My favorite thing. My favorite email we get. You've got a new comment on this video. Ooh. <laughs> I might. Okay, I'm thinking about that. Let's do another voicemail. Hey guys, uh, Pet from Wisconsin calling. Uh, longtime fan, first time caller, longtime listener. Love the show. Great topic. Uh, I had a question about if you guys have ever uh, read the ever or the ElfQuest uh, series that was done a while back by um, Wendy and Richard Peeney, um, and also if uh, what your guys' thoughts were on that, and then if you guys have ever watched, read, or read the novels of Robotech, wanted to get your thoughts on that too, being a child of the 80s growing up. Um, I thought that uh, that show was has always been um, something I liked. I liked a lot. So, wondering what your guys' thoughts were on that. Uh, also, um, wanted to see if you guys were ever going to redo or put out uh, t-shirts again. So, keep up the work that you guys do every week, keeping me in the knowledge and uh, knowing is half the battle. So I will admit that I am guilty of uh, using ElfQuest as the butt of a joke. <laughs> Like in general, or just a specific joke? No, like like in in some sort of dismissive tone, and like what? Punchline. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not like I'm an ElfQuest fan, you know. Like, it's like and that said, I've never read ElfQuest. I've never seen. I've never. I and I I give a lot of uh, respect and and credit to Richard and Wendy Peeney, but uh, for doing a very long run of an independent comic that's bounced all around publishers. Well, that's one of those books yeah. that's like yeah. you know with Bone and with with Cerebus and you know with uh, Strange and Paradise. Like it's one of those long running. Indie books that doesn't get talked about as enough in that vein. I remember being at a panel in San Diego a really long time ago, and they were on it and they were talking about it. And at that point, I was like, "Oh, I I didn't really know what it was. I just thought it was kind of a jokey thing." And I was like, "All right, it's kind of cool." I never read it because I didn't want to go back and start or whatever. But you know, respect, which is what Connor said. 
Now, Robotech is one of those ones where that's a blind spot in my collect in my as well. Like I know yes. it exists, and I know there's a lot of people really into it and stuff like that. But I just never got into it. I have fa- friends like Mike Romo, our, our friend and often contributor, is a huge Robotech guy. Yeah. I I was a Ro- Voltron guy. I didn't, you know. Yeah, I was a huge Voltron guy, but I feel like Voltron was way less involved than Robotech. Sure. Like I, feel, I, felt, I felt like Robotech hat was like you needed to know manuals and you needed to understand ops guides and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was much more into the mech, mech yeah. culture. Whereas I just yeah. was a Voltron guy. I wanted to be on the edge of giant robot culture, not deep yeah. in it. Right, yeah, exactly. And I and honestly, I liked a lot of the drama of Voltron. I'm sure Robotech yeah. had his drama. but you know, Listen, like When the, Sven came back after it, being thought dead, I nearly was, lost it. That was crazy. I remember the day I watched that episode. I was at a friend's house. I was at Willie Johnson's house, and we oh. were and we were we were playing. And Voltron came on. Willie Johnson is a fake name for your fake black. <laughs> no, friend, right? I swear to God, no, he was he wasn't black either. <laughs> so, but uh, and we were watching Voltron, and Sven comes back, and I was like, "What the fuck just <laughs> happened?" It blew my mind. A picture of. Thirteen-year-old drawn. <laughs> no, a- younger, oh, younger, younger than that. Eight, it was like elementary eight, school. Seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Smollett then. Uh, yeah, yeah, Smollett. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, no, that blew my mind that they could. I, I thought, I, I thought he was gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, that was crazy. I didn't know stories could do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't know they could even do that. Um, and you'd find out about bringing characters back from the dead. <laughs> oh, you'd find out. <laughs> But at the time, that was my first one. That was my. Like, he wasn't dead. It just he got captured, right? Like we just thought yeah, he was yeah, just he gone. Yeah. He had a scar. Yeah. Oh, he was dark. Yeah. yeah. It was like it was what? Oh god, that was great. Um, as far as if we ever do t-shirts again, eh, maybe, maybe not. Stay tuned. So you want to come over here? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you up. And anything could happen. I, I, I would. Uh, Pat from Wisconsin. I would say to keep, keep listening. So that's all. All right, on to our next podcast. On to our next voicemail. I can't do any more podcasts, Ron. <laughs> Guess what, people? Right. Surprise. This one's over. We're doing our next one. I'm not done thinking yet. We told people not to call in until you thought hard about your questions, so we appreciate the effort. <laughs> on anonymous' part. It's a valid protest. It's fair. I mean, yeah, he needed, he needed I, more time. <laughs> I don't honestly think we gave them enough time. That's fair. I, that's a that's fair point, us. too. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, Anonymous. No seasons passed during that era. <laughs> yeah, no suns came and went. I did not. My facial hair did not grow. I did not. <laughs> I did not get a scar and come back from the dead and give Ron a heart attack. <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. Okay. Uh, next right, voice. Next voicemail from a disgruntled ex-staff member. Hey, hi, fanboys. It's Ryan. You might remember me. I wrote for the website for like three and a half years. And um, sometimes while I was writing for the website, you'd actually have me on this podcast, the Pick of the Week podcast. That was really fun. I know I still get to talk to Connor and Paul whenever there's a new DC animated movie or something, but, you know, I, I still read comics every week. So just whenever you guys want to call or whatever. Um, anyways, I'm glad Josh drinks beer now. That's been a long time coming. All right. Well, thanks for the show every week. Bye. You remember him? <laughs> v- vaguely. Was vaguely he the familiar. one? Was he the one that was always talking about rocks? The one with the hiking boots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, right. The, yeah. Yeah. Right. That <laughs> the one. Mad- maddeningly handsome one. Yeah. Yeah. He would disappear for months at a time. Something about Costa yeah, Rica. Yeah. It's kind of difficult yeah. to have somebody on a show and they're hanging off a sloth tree in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't even. I don't even think, think Skype works down there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back when we had the website and staff full of writers, active, eager, young writers, uh, we often had them guest on the show and one of us couldn't do it. Go-getters. And then uh, slowly but surely, the staff all stops reading Comics Weekly. Right, see? And uh, so now when, we, when, when one of us is out, we, we, you know, we often don't have a guest simply because it's hard to schedule because when we record during the day, most people are working. But also because most of our old staffers who we like and we know will be good don't read anymore. I did not and, know he was still uh, reading comics. I, I was not aware, Ryan, and now I know. We, we now that we know, we will we will put you back into the rotation. Yes, absolutely. This was, you know what? This was a helpful voicemail. It was. Look at that. So <laughs> I feel like Ryan could have told me this last time I saw him. Right. I like or when I talked. To him. <laughs> yeah, instead of publicly shaming. You've had many opportunities, Ryan, to yeah. even say this when we were recording the DC animated shows. Yeah. Have, I'm still reading have, comics, you know. 
all of our phone numbers. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, so now You're at so, your goddamn wedding. <laughs> no, could have brought it up there. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, all right. So now to end the era of the voicemail, the only way that we could, the only way, the only way we could ever talk about voicemail, uh, we go out with our first voicemail star. This is Daryl, stalking the streets of New York for the last time. Cyclops was right. Why did they mess up my favorite character? Goodbye. So, uh, <laughs> so mo- many people listening right now probably don't know, but we, way way back when we first started, this was this was worth it just for this. All this is worth it for right now. Way back when we started, uh, we would get these calls from Daryl from Queens, stalking the streets of New York, and at first we were terrified because they sounded vaguely threatening. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he ended up being the biggest voice, you know, voicemail star. People used to call in or or request his voicemails yep um and then do you remember the do you remember the time he blew our minds and he just went deadly serious on us yes <laughs> about the state of race relations in in the like comic books and then and it was just like we were like whoa well, <laughs> he, got, he, got, he got real but there was also like he would literally call us like as he's walking to the bus or the subway yeah. and like there'd be street sounds like it was really great um and honestly daryl now is a, a a very prolific podcaster in his own right and, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I feel like we kind of helped him get there. And, you know, of course, then he stopped calling us, which is unfortunate. He had, he had a lot of other shows. He had a lot, a lot of other. He's got his own network. Like, it's just him. Yeah. But uh, when people would ask us, like, what was with that guy? And I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? That guy was great. Yeah, and we exactly. met him. We met him yeah. at, at you know, Comic-Con. It was funny. And he's awesome. He's awesome. He's so nice. He's such a good he dude. The, he had yeah. the nicest little boy with him. Uh, we met his son. Remember that first time we met yeah, him? Yeah, I do. His, yeah. Son, yep. his, son was, his son was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daryl's awesome. Daryl's a great guy, and he used to get, and he was totally in on the joke of his character. Yep. Um, and uh, we used to love getting those voicemails, and we couldn't be happier and prouder for him for having his own his own little mega comics podcasting empire going on. Yep. And, so, uh, good stuff. So we could not have gone out on a better voicemail. I'm that. so pleased that that happened. Thank you, Daryl. You're the best. That was great. So uh, thank you to everybody who's ever called in the voicemail line over the past 10, 10 plus years. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, as Josh mentioned, if you really want to call in with a voicemail, just record it yourself and email it to us at contact.ifanboy.com, or you can email us uh, your questions. We will continue to have audience feedback. We love hearing from you. Email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, don't forget to tell us who you are, where you're from, and thank you. Uh, a couple of announcements, a couple of things to look out for. Uh, there's a new DC-based uh, hour-long drama superhero show on the CW called Legend- Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I watched the first episode. Connor, I believe you have as well, too. I right? did as well, yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about it. So stay tuned in the feed next week or this week, actually, during this week. To I see- know, it's either going to be right behind the show or right after the show. I don't it's going to be somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, keep an eye out. Look at look for us on Twitter or whatever to hear what Connor and I thought of the show because uh, I I have I have comments. So <laughs> uh, and it's a part one of two, so we may, we may do two shows. Depends on how how crazy the second episode is. <laughs> Up until this moment, I've never even heard of this. Yep. Well, you live where, in the that's, woods. That's yep. why I'm on. I I have access. To- People yeah. communicate to you via smoke signals and carrier pigeon. Yeah. Brave new world. So uh, look for that show. Also look for Goodfellas Minute. As we've mentioned earlier throughout the show, our other podcast is called Goodfellas Minute. It comes out every Monday through Friday, and it's where Josh, Ron, and I talk about the movie Goodfellas one minute at a time, about 15 or 20 minutes per episode. We often have very special guests on the show. We're going to have a comic book guest on next, I believe. Is our next guest? No. No, no, not a comic book guest. Our, our uh, his history two guests. Guest. Two yeah. guests. Two guests from now. Yeah. And uh, we have fun people talking about Goodfellas, and we overanalyze, and we talk about food and clothing and Ron's family and... Uh, no, and and we have a guest this week, I believe, and 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 so one of our best guests of all time. So I yes. advise every if you like New York City history, you should listen to this week's shows at Goodfellas yes. Minute. So this coming week, this week's yeah. shows, and uh, so check it out GoodfellasMinute.com, and uh, subscribe. It's fun. It's a good time. We're only about about a little over halfway through the, the movie. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, indeed. You can go over to ifanboy.com to comment on this show. You think about all of this week's books and find all of our other podcasts. You can you could go back and listen to most of the Daryl archives. I don't know how you'd search for that, but it's there is the point. Um, you can also follow us on facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow at ifanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, at C.S. Kilpatrick, and at RonXO. And finally, if you like this show or Goodfellas Minute, any podcast you listen to, please go to iTunes and leave a review. 
Uh, that's how people find uh, podcasts. That's how people will identify new shows to listen to. And it helps every podcast you listen to. So take a few minutes to do that. And better yet than that is tell your friends. If you know a friend who likes comics, doesn't listen to the podcast, or is looking for a comics podcast, we're always seeing people asking for comics podcasting recommendations and uh, on like Twitter and things like that. So we're always happy when people do that. And we appreciate when you recommend us uh, to your friends and family, to your parole officer, whoever. <laughs> so officers pro- need to listen to podcasts as well. They, got, they, they, they need enlightenment. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again to everybody who dialed into the voicemail line and for listening to the show. Another great week of comics. Uh, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm not Daryl. You'll never be. I won't. <laughs>